Welcome to the Movement Made Better podcast, powered by Stick Mobility. We are your hosts, Dennis Dunphy and Neil Valera. We got Coach Ray with us today. How's it going, guys? Good, it's good. Good, good. It's toasty, man. It is very toasty. We are in the middle of a heat wave, Matt. Yeah, it's like today's last day. What are we doing here? Why is it? Why is it this hot? Yeah, it should never be this hot. Meanwhile, people in the Middle East are like, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Arizona. 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 Yeah, Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than Arizona, which is wrong. Oh. That is that's weird. Was it really? That's yeah. Weird. Yeah, it was 111 here yeah. Tuesday and 106 there. Wow. So, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Mm-hmm. no. Sorry. Not with it. Yeah. No. Not with it. Way too hot. Way too hot. Not yeah. for the cost of living here compared to Arizona. No, no. <laughs> I guess on one side we can say, well, you, you build a tolerance to that heat, right? It, mm-hmm. it, you got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, but right? It's been a but I love I mean, my it's air been a summer. It's just this yeah, one. yeah, it has. It's yeah, just it's been this one, one week. <laughs> it just came all on us, right? Challenging that power grid of ours. <laughs> yeah, for real, for real. To get out of the heat the other day, it was interesting. I, had, I played goalie for the first time in over 30 years in hockey so i was asked by one of my teams if i wanted to try to get back in the net and let me tell you man i really quickly forgot how tough it is from an energy expenditure standpoint to play in net. and i think it's because a lot of people think well you're just standing there you got extra padding on which nowadays is much lighter than it was when i grew up playing goalie but it's still extra equipment and it's interesting, my low, like, cross the QL and TVA was really, really sore on uh, fatigue just because of holding that awkward position, position, different position I haven't held in a long time. So it was quite interesting. But I was really surprised how bulky the equipment is. It's lighter, but it's so bulky. So was it hard to move It. I felt in, like in every sense? I, was it- I felt like Randy from Christmas Story. Mm. guys i can't get up it, it was just weird because the pro it's interesting uh buddy of mine said well today's goalies are much more shot blockers than they are goalies mm-hmm. goalies are taught to play angles and percentages so they're basically just more blocking shots than they actually are relying on their athleticism and so that's why mm-hmm. some of the top the top goaltenders in the nhl you know for uh shesterkin for the rangers uh, vasileski for the for the lightning they're considered the top stops because they're more athletic goalies than they are just positional goalies right and the pads are so big like it was so hard to move and so it was interesting because i was like well and it's so hard mm-hmm. the equipment is just the the arm and chest protectors oh my god i mean pretty much like i mean kevlar is about the only other thing i could put yeah. on top of it okay. but it was so big compared to what I grew up with. And I was like, well, safety is so high a priority that for me, it actually compromised agility. Mm. So it's like wearing knight's armor. Dude, it was, uh, yeah. yeah, it was just weird. And so, you know, I didn't have goalie skates, so that changes a lot because regular skates, you know, forward skill position skates have a little bit of a rock to it mm-hmm. where goalie skates are completely flat. So it does change how well you move. So that was a big part of it. But right. the actual still, the confinement of the equipment was really, really weird. So I was kind of like, yeah, you like how much are we? I was literally sitting there going, are we really trying to be so safe that like I'm like we've made for me, it was I was way less athletic. 
You think you're more sore too because well you haven't done it in thirty years, but also because you haven't done it in thirty years, you weren't relaxed. I bet you. I was intense because you're not used to that. Oh shit! So the first period, I got lit up like a fucking Christmas tree, um, but I, I kind of lost position on the ice because it's been so long since knowing you know knowing where your crease is. First period, I was nervous as shit. Like I literally had, I just I think between the first and second period, I had to tell myself relax slow your breathing and literally just relax so in the second period i just but that whole first period of warm-ups i was like oh my god what the fuck was it oh yeah dude i got lit up yeah it's fine. yeah well the other team was interesting the other team had a bunch of ringers from several levels up that came down yeah so they, and so yeah so they they lit me up pretty good um but then first the second period it got way better so, but yeah, it was, it was quite an experience. And like I said, just for me to see the graduation or the, I guess the evolution of equipment, mm-hmm. but like I said, in my opinion, I thought the equipment was detrimental to my performance, not mm-hmm. beneficial. So here's a question actually. So do you feel like you expended more energy because of how restricted you oh, felt? Oh, totally. Okay. Totally. Okay. It was just felt awkward. Mm-hmm. Like, it, and it wasn't because, you know, like I, my body started, you know, as the game went on, I kind of got more into the groove of it, right? Getting back to learning what I relearning and refeeling what I had known before, right? But at the same time, yeah, I, I was like, I'm expending way more energy than I should. Yeah. Because like the goalie pads come up to my crotch. Yeah. And that's the way goalies wear them now, is they wear them all the way up here. When I grew up, man, goalie pads stopped about two to three inches above your knees. Hmm. that makes a massive difference. difference in your movement i'm like but that's the way goalies wear them now so it's like if i go just and it's gonna be weird because if like for me like if i decide to start playing goalie again I would, i'm gonna go go get my own equipment i'm gonna be looking to try to get smaller equipment which i know everyone in the stores is gonna be like no no you don't want that and i'll be like yeah. no yeah i do yeah like i yeah. do like i don't mind pain because that was the weird thing it was so much padding you can't feel the puck. Yeah, dude, yeah. you can't feel it. Like you, you, you know it hits you, but you can't feel it. Hmm. And that was a big part because as a as a kid growing up, like the old equipment, like you got hit. There were times where you're like, "Oh, I felt that." Yeah. But it was just part of what you grew up with, right? Mm-hmm. But you felt it. You knew where it was. This one, this stuff, like when it hit my chest, like boom, I'd feel it. I'd feel the vibration, the impact. But there was so much communication to the brain that was lacking because there's so much cushion. Yeah, if you got completely messed up, like your sensory information you needed. Yeah. Now I know, like if you grew up with it today, like this is what you know, right? You so you're gonna, you don't know what what it was like to have equipment from 34 years ago. But it was interesting to see that for me to experience that transition in the equipment i was like Phew. that's fascinating yeah yeah i was like i'm like i'm telling my wife i'm like maybe i'll have to go online and get some vintage shit <laughs> they would trip get out if i padding. came out with some fucking 1980s padding they'd be like what the f-? yeah they'd be like holy shit and, and i know it would make me smaller because that was the thing it was the equipment is so bulky it makes you look so much bigger than you actually are right yeah, my Sherry took a picture of me. Holy shit! Uh, my hashtag short wide guy. Yeah, I'm wide. Like <laughs> I walk out of locker room. I mean, I didn't even walk. I kind of waddled out of locker. Room. Shit! shit. Look on my face. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm like, holy crap! It was nuts. It was nuts. Oh, yeah. So our 
episode today, we're going to give our personal five favorite exercises or drills we like to do, mm-hmm. right? So, Ray, we'll start with you. But what's one of your first? One of the ones I thought about was actually pile-off presses. I'm a, I'm a big fan of them. The way I look at pile-off presses are is just a drill to utilize how to yield at certain forces. And so I can use like a band, a cable mm-hmm. machine, or even sometimes like putting a weight on a band mm-hmm. and just pressing it out and then reacting mm. to the band. So that is one I like personally. It's something I do like probably about once or twice a week. Actually okay. did. Oh, well, yeah. Actually did, actually did yeah. quite a few. I think I did a few sets yesterday just to kind of get back into like a little bit more of a of, of a higher duration hold. So I did a hold for about mm-hmm. 30 seconds. That's one of my go-tos for core. Mm-hmm. But also too, it's easy to regress it or progress it. So how, how would you regress a pale off press? So if someone's having a, like, let's say someone's having a tough time with, let's say organizing their spine. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they, don't know, they don't know how to organize their rib cage and their pelvis. I would actually take them to a tall kneeling. Okay. Just to make, just to take away the lower body just a little bit. Okay. Just so they can focus on their positioning of staying nice and tall. Um, but, I would actually give them a super light band, yeah, super light band, just to kind of give them that feedback that they need in order to be a little bit more reactive to the forces. But that would be like the first, very first place I started. It's just giving them a super light band, hold this position, and don't do it in repetitions, but just hold. What would you take somebody to a seated position? Yes, okay. if, if needed if be. Needed. The only issue I would have with the seated position is that it completely disassociates the lower body. Mm-hmm. Okay. To where if they're having a hard time even knowing how to move or how to organize, I feel like taking them to a seated position might make it a slight bit more of a disadvantage to them. Yeah. yeah. So seated might not always be the best way to go, mm-hmm. in my opinion, but just a standing or like even a half kneeling or sorry, tall kneeling would be a, a place I would start if someone's having a really, really hard time. What would be a progression for you? Not your client, but for you. For me. Chuck pull. Chuck pull. <laughs> Ray's like, start the engine. <laughs> I would do, um, so I would do it from like a split squat position is uh, okay. one of the ones I actually really like. And that can be from having the outside leg forward, inside leg forward. If I want to make it harder, I will go with inside leg forward. Mm-hmm. That for me is tougher. Okay. Um, that's one aspect. Another aspect is, like I said, having a weight on a band. And just pressing it out quick, but being a little reactive to make sure I'm not losing any uh my balance. Because mm. that's the one one of the other aspects I found with playing around pile off presses over the years is that balance is a huge part, but it's never really challenged all that much. So adding that little bit of reactiveness into it, mm. I feel like makes it a little bit more beneficial. I really like the split stance because then you kind of get connect the slings and everything, depending on which foot you have forward. Mm. Yeah. And then you can add another exercise like doing it from a squat position or doing it from a bottom lunge position mm-hmm. or whatever. So it's that that's one of the things I like about it is the progressions and the regressions are specifically position based mm-hmm. as opposed to resistance based. Very nice. Neil, what's your first say, one? If I had to put in order, I'd say top one would be hill sprints. Hill sprint uh, or run, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Because well it, it keep you athletic. Mm-hmm. You get a good blend of power, strength, speed. They're scalable for anybody. Mm-hmm. Right? Like for me, like my biggest goal is I want to stay athletic. Mm-hmm. Right? And then I find the hill sprints will literally transfer over to everything I do. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what it is. Um, and it can be, even if it's a longer sprint and it doesn't look like you're sprinting, you can still go max effort. So whether I do a 10 second one, five second one, that's more for like pure power speed. Or I go for a minute. 
and I get a little more power, strength, endurance, get the cardiovascular benefit. Like I would prefer that over a sled sprint or something like that because mm, okay. you get to deal with more impact, mm-hmm. right? You have to propel yourself up this hill. Yeah. Can't just lean into it. But your joints actually get challenged more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They in do. the uphill versus a flat a sled sprint. Sled so sprint, that yeah. that alone is worth a huge benefit. But then also the the that slight incline or steep incline, it's pretty rare to ever get like a hamstring pull compared to a flat sprint. Yeah, that's that's number one for me, you know, because it's, I mean, sprinting is something we should be able to do. Mm-hmm. Everyone should be able to do at some level. At some level, right? And you can do yeah. it at high effort. And we should be able to find exercises for people that you can do all out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's relative to each individual. Yeah. 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 Someone else's walk is their, our walk is someone else's sprint. Yeah. You know? So it's all relative to the person. I think we tend to forget that. But if you were to regress that for somebody, what would you tell them? I mean, I would go. I would go to incline that they could run up. They don't have to go all out. Yeah, yeah. But they start building some capacity. You know, maybe it's like a 80 percent go at it. Just re- just reduce your speed a little bit. Start off in a jog, and then accelerate for maybe 10, 15 yards, and then jog after that but don't don't abruptly start in an all-out sprint like kind of build into it would you ever do that loaded as a progression mm, probably not no i mean carrying a bat like even if i say you were carrying maybe just a 10 15 pound ball nah no nah. i mean maybe like a 5 10 pound vest or something like that oh so you okay. yeah put on your mask yeah. okay yeah but no nah, i wouldn't okay yeah i don't think you're gonna get as big of a benefit i mean if you're playing football something like that yeah that makes sense but for myself i mean just that that arm pump all that stuff i just feel like you get way more out of it just being able to be free i think probably a big obstacle would be getting that especially a client would be removing that hesitancy or inhibition to actually run up a hill though i think for a lot of people would be something that would be an obstacle yeah you know you start a jogging up the hill and then you kind of increase distance they get comfortable with that and it's really self-limiting yeah right yes it is yes you get a point to a point where you just can't power yourself up anymore your body just stops you just listen to it and go okay i'll walk down i'll recover yeah 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 i could see people people are afraid to run they are yeah yeah. but it's at hill sprints are fantastic yeah Yeah. and uh, yeah it's like neil said uh, everybody should be doing them at least to some extent, some, yeah. some level, to their own level, mm-hmm. yeah. so to speak. If for my first one, it would be crawling, crawling patterns. Talk about connecting hands to the feet. I think that does a great job. Uh, it's just body weight loaded. So really, and there's so many variations to crawling. And you can challenge the crawl patterns by putting constraints on yourself or the client on how they're going to execute the crawl pattern if they have to go around if they have to avoid things as they're crawling to adapt to that so they're not only getting the body moving but then they have to actually react to other objects so that's a big part so i for me i enjoy crawling so how would you regress that then I think for crawling, a lot of people, it's more loading the wrists. We know that that's a big issue for a lot of people. You can actually put a plyo box up against the wall, anchor it against the wall so it's set, and you can use an incline type of crawl pattern. So you would just kind of tuck yourself into that crawl pattern and then 
lift your arm and your opposite leg off the floor, you're still getting that anterior posterior sling connection that we're looking for. It's just to a lesser degree. So you're in between that vertical and horizontal position. So it's a little bit easier on the wrist. If it's still hard on the wrist, you could either go knuckles position if, if someone's okay with that or use handles that you can go vertically so the wrist is in a more neutral position okay. and then work the wrist mobility in a separate drill because yeah. you still want to open up the joints, increase the capacity on loading the joints, but that you would do separately and then come back to the crawl pattern. But I think that's a, a great way to regress that. Like what's your most advanced crawl for yourself? I think crawl, learning how to crawl under objects, low objects without scraping the floor is really one of the best ways to challenge yourself in that crawl pattern position because once again it's there's constraints to it so you got to figure out okay how am i going to fit my body into these constraints right and then if you really want to ramp it up a little bit then you can add a little bit of resistance either behind you in front of you if you're going reverse right so uh, you know and that's the thing with beauty about crawling is it's you can use it in evasion style work there's there's really no f limitation to direction in which you're crawling unless you as a coach put those constraints on yourself, right? Right. But, uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite drills. Okay. You know, I saw a really good uh, way to eliminate that wrist issue mm. is to put your hands on a downhill surface. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah way, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, like the incline yeah, board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And have cool. people crawl that way. And that's another reason why with the incline board I'll have people crawl – yeah, hold that position. Just loading though. Just, yeah. just statically loading, it's right? Just statically just loading. Just boom, lift the he lift the knees yeah. off the board. Just get used to that. But then I like to have them crawl on that on that frontal incline. Yeah. Right? Because then it teaches the wrists on that frontal plane mm -hmm. how to deal with that, which is a big issue of dealing with that torque in that position. Yeah. So yeah, I think those are uh that incline is a big part of really is a great way to help people overcome those wrist limitations. Absolutely makes sense. What's your next drill? Carries. Carries. Carries of any kind. So for me, I have all my clients to carry, but I do carries myself pretty often. And it, that can be in a multitude of ways. And there's so many ways to regress it and progress it. So like for a basic farmer's carry, I like either using kettlebells or sometimes I'll play around with it and do a pinch carry or even just using, what are those called? The, it's kind of like, a, almost like a yoke bar. I think kind of like using a strongman. So there's different axle. grip. Yeah, I think it might be axle, axle, okay. axle bar. But they have the different grip strength, uh, uh, grip sizes. Mm -hmm. okay. I like using those. Yeah. So I use that yeah. for, for different things. It just makes sense to me. It's mainly because you're fully loading your entire system. Mm -hmm. You're getting a lot of, a lot of people forget this, is that you're getting a lot of shoulder work on it as well. Oh, Especially yeah. if you're doing endurance carries. Mm -hmm. Or even if you're just trying to get people to really organize the spine and how to move a little bit more efficiently while carrying load mm -hmm. and also not be extremely stiff. Yeah. But actually have those tiny bit of fluidity as they're actually walking. Like you said, there's all variations of carries. I think a lot of people get keyed in on just the farmer's carry. Yes. Yeah. Right. But you got a ton of carries or carries. Yes. Whether they're front loaded, back loaded, side loaded, overhead, overhead. loaded, mm -hmm. carries or carries. Yeah. Right. So, and you have a variety of objects that you can use. Exactly. Well, exactly. whatever's at your disposal, you use it, right? If it's a lighter object, then just increase the duration that you're carrying it, right? Versus yeah. just going, okay, it's too light. Mm -hmm. Well, you keep walking with that. It's going to start to fatigue you at some point. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or just change position of the object. Or change so, position of the object. One of my favorite ways to do carries is like a double front rack carry. Okay. With kettlebells. Oh, yeah. Those are hella hard. Yep. <laughs> Nowhere, you're not going to carry anywhere close to what you do for a farmer's carry. No. no. But it's super beneficial in just getting that tall spine position. Mm-hmm. Because people aren't really all that good at it. So I find that for myself, that particularly if I'm doing like a, if for some odd reason that week I do like a lot of presses, which is put down on the back seat. I do. I'll do a double front rack carry just okay. to get me back to standing up nice and tall. So as I'm moving with the weight, I'm challenging those tissues that are effectively like not utilized as much for that period of time. So that's one of my favorite ways. Or even just doing like a medicine ball carry. Mm, you take yeah. a medicine ball, yeah, put sixty pounds on one shoulder and and carry that for mm-hmm. shit even a minute. That's actually a lot harder than people think. Well, and that's, and that's conventionally a position that we're probably going to carry stuff in more often than we think we would. Yeah. Right? Like, let's say you go to let's say you go to the hardware store, the gardening store, right? Mm-hmm. And you're buying bags of topsoil or something. Yeah. Typically, when you get home, how are you going to unload or load them, right? You're going to – it's the most convenient is just on put it on the shoulder yeah. as long as you have that mobility to load that, right, a capacity to load it. Yeah. But that's – I think more people are going to choose that than – Holding it in front. Yeah. Right? Especially if they don't have the back strength for it. Yeah. Whatever the case may be. Right. Yeah. Well, I just think with and carries are amazing. And mm-hmm. it's something that you literally do every single day in your yes. life. Yes. And if you have little kids, you oh. do it every single day. Mm-hmm. They are. awkward positions. Yes. Yeah. You know? Trying to keep away from something. Cracking eggs with one hand, you know. <laughs> you know, it's moving around. So it's, they're super functional. Mm-hmm. Um, what, you know, what you're saying about holding something on one side, right. which is great, especially on your yeah. shoulder, because you do have to have a little bit of side bend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then yeah. You, under, you start to learn how to balance in that position while you're walking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, carries are. So definitely. Yeah, I think the thing is, is with carries is getting comfortable, like what you said with kids, Mm -hmm. is not carrying your kid in the same arm all the time, though. Yeah, which I think is a habit. (laughs) But a lot of parents, I think, they get in the habit of using the same arm all the time to lift their kid, Mm -hmm. and your kid's basically every week incrementally growing. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So your load is increasing Mm -hmm. week to week to week. Yeah. Right. So alternating those arms and, and carrying your kids is a big is a, alternating those sides is a big deal. Oh, for big sure. Thing. Yeah. How would you what's a regression that we would use for a carry? So a regression would be like just picking up a dumbbell. Just doing a dumbbell carry. Just light. And just keeping it super light. Even if somebody has like just holding 10 or 15 pounds, for some people that's a challenge. That's a, mm-hmm. that, that might be a huge challenge, especially walking 30 yards. So I would load them up with like a really, really light dumbbell, get them really comfortable like feeling a tiny bit of weight on one side and then being a little bit more reactive to it. Yeah. If I wanted to progress that to make it a lot harder, and I've tried this out myself in a couple of different ways, I would have them do a, a banded kettlebell carry. Okay. Oh, yeah. So hook the, so hook the, so hook the kettlebell on a band. Yep. So there's a lot of movement that you have to be reactive to. There's a lot of micro movements and adjustments that have to be made. I like doing that a lot, mainly because for one, it's different. Mm-hmm. It's really, really different. And, Typically, the band shouldn't be too heavy either. It should be yeah. like a medium band, just so you, again, you're getting a lot of that movement. I've also done that with an overhead carry, which was hella hard. Yeah. Hella like hard. With a bamboo bar? Or just, just with the, the band and a kettlebell. I've done it with the bamboo bar as well. Remember we saw the Gatsu do that with the with the kettlebells on the, on the bands and the overhead position? 
Yeah, no. So, yeah, so I've, done it with, I've done it with a single band. So you did a single band. Here okay. Yeah. And just walking. And that was like super and it, tough. it still bounced? And it still bounced. It still, still yeah. moved a even, little bit. Even though it touched your arm? Even though it was on the back of my shoulder, it was still moving. Oh, okay. So All I still right. had to be a little bit reactive to it. So that's that's a more, definitely much more advanced progression that I feel like. And there's a lot of demand for overhead carries, so I don't really have a lot of people do. When you're doing carries, grip strength-wise, do you are you cueing that? Yes. So... It depends on what the goal is. So a lot of people, when they do carries, at least what I notice, is they'll put it in the palm of their hand and then grip around it. I actually tell them to not do that. I tell them to grip right in front of that, right in front of the first knuckle and then grip around it. So it's actually really challenging to grip, not challenging like their palm necessarily. So incorporating that actual grip strength in it by actually like, like wrapping their fingers around and holding it. So when they actually get tired, like, oh man, my grip's going, I'm like, this is what we need to keep working on. So, because what you tend to see is as the grip is loosening, mm -hmm. do you tend to see your clients pick up their pace? Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, so for me, I typically cue slow down. Mm -hmm. If you if your grip, for me personally, if your grip is, letting, is releasing, then I want you to stop, put the kettlebells down or the, whatever you're using. Yes. Give the hands a bit of rest because that speeding up the motion is not going to benefit you. It's gonna, going to create some issues down the road. But I want that you to be in control, not letting that weight control you, so to speak. Absolutely. And every once in a while, I'll put in certain stipulations. Okay. So I'll be like, all right, well, instead of doing a full grip, you're going to do a three-finger grip. Oh, nice. And so I'll have people do that with lighter kettlebells. Yeah. But again, kind of go for more for distance. And I found that I actually have people do more endurance carries. So instead of having them do like a 30-yard carry or 60-yard carry, I'll have them do like 120. Yeah. Like, all right, well, I want you to carry this. This is going to be about a minute and a half to two minutes, but I want you to get really, really efficient at mm -hmm. building up that, that muscular endurance, but also like kind of recognizing how you're moving as you start to fatigue a little bit. Mm. And that's going to be more like them actually carrying groceries too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because yeah, your groceries aren't going to be outrageously heavy where the bag's going to break mm -hmm. or something like that. And you're typically, I mean, it depends on how. Uh, close you part. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you spend the half hour trying yeah. to get two spaces closer than you if you were just parked out, out yeah, there? Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I like parking out farther because yeah. that makes me carry the bags farther. It's easier to park. Yeah. I got less constraints. I'm farther out. I'm done shopping by the time this person's been spending a half hour trying to get two spots yeah, closer. Absolutely. But yeah, for me, it's like, yeah, I'm carrying my I'm carrying my groceries a little bit farther, so it's a little bit more work. Yeah. I'm good with that. I had a client for a long time, and we did carries all the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember her texting me a picture of her at her front door with her groceries. Um, she moved into a new place, and it was on the third floor. Mm. And it took her, it, it literally took her a long time to be able to to make it up to the third floor without putting her groceries down. Oh. <laughs> picture. She's like, all these carries are paying off. You know, I can, I can make it from my car all the way up to the top without putting them down. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. See that? And that's transferability, right? Exactly, yeah. That, and so, and in the, in the empowerment that she got, the confidence. For sure. Mm -hmm. Was incredible, right? Like, okay, like, this is why we're doing this stuff. Yeah, more. like I can imagine, I can just imagine her feeling mm -hmm. of being able to accomplish that. She was probably like, yeah. She was like, fuck yeah, yeah this is awesome, right? Yeah. But for the rest of us, farmer's carries are great when we want to challenge ourselves with Matt. We go to the grocery store, got a ton of bags. Can we all carry <laughs> That's right. It's the dude <laughs> thing, right? <laughs> I'm going to put them all in one hand. Well, then we, we see, okay, can I do this all in one hand? No, that's all, okay. 
But we don't. We want to make. We want to see how least amount of trips we can make, yeah. right? Oh, big time! If we got twenty grocery bags, oh, yeah. I get all twenty. Yeah. I'll put yeah. ten in these bags. <laughs> our arms are out to the side because the bags are hitting our legs. We're <laughs> doing it. We got to go in sideways to the yeah. front door, but we're doing it. Hell yeah! That's that dude. Thing. You get some carabiners. Hook up to your bag. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, what's your next drill? You know, uh, weighted hip strengthening. So, a lot of times. You know, using the sticks, like our standing hip drill. Yes. I'll put ankle weights on. Mm, okay. And do, I mean, so my, my favorites always change, mm-hmm. but there's probably like the sprints are ones that are staples, mm-hmm. but anything that strengthens your hips in multiple positions, it's a staple too, you know, for myself and my clients, because that's literally like the center of your power right there. Yeah. Your hips. Mm-hmm. Not just that, but your capability to do anything mm-hmm. really. So if I can get that hip capsule you know nice and free to move well but then be able to create strength and force like for me that directly applies to sprinting it directly applies to climbing any athletic motion very good so how what's yeah take the weight off (laughs) (laughs) because a a leg is a it's weight it's weight right and so for a lot of people they don't they they're not used to holding their leg up in a certain position yeah so we see that when we're teaching right especially in courses we see people all the time. You hold that. We make them hold that leg up, and they're like, "Oh, this is way longer than I." You know, they're used to just lifting it and putting it right back down. Mm-hmm. We're like yeah, shaking it. Yeah, we're like, no, no, you're gonna lift it. You're gonna you're gonna keep it up there. Yeah, and we're gonna teach those hip flexors what holding that leg up is gonna is all about, mm-hmm. right? So there's a big difference. So your standardized is just loading it. What would a progression be? Longer holds. Longer holds. Yeah, yeah. longer holds. Maybe multiple. I guess multiple angles of resistance. Maybe you load it, and then maybe you could band load it too. Challenge it with way. Yeah. Okay. yeah, but just that weight alone, and then pushing into the stick is yeah. that's plenty yeah. for me. Good call. Nice. Well, I had carries as one of my drills, so we match up on that. I, I love carries. I think carries should be a standardized part of everybody's workout, regardless of athlete or general population. I just think they need to be in there. I would say offset carries is a big part of in and changing the position is doing that, right? Yeah. Making sure because that's the other thing too, is with farmers carries, you see everybody typically balanced out on the same side. Yeah. Right? So mix that up a little bit, do some offset carries. One of my favorites is the wall ball crawls. Uh, so for people that don't know what that is, myself, Ray, Neil, or, or clients, they gotta take a weighted ball put it up against the wall and start on the floor and you've got to roll that or crawl that up a wall to an overhead position, right? So the overhead position is relative to the client depending on their shoulder mobility. So for some people, it may just be the eye level or whatever, but you've got to pin it to the wall so the and all the way back down. So if it leaves the wall at any point, you've failed the lift, you got to put it back down and start again. I absolutely love it because it forces you to find different movement solutions, right? And I try not to give too many cues. It's just very simple, but constraints change, right? So typically the the first constraint is you can only use your hands to move the ball. I mean, that's it. And then from there, we'll change constraints, right? Where I'll say, okay, now you have to start on the ground on your back and then bring it up. Or you can only use one arm, right? But you can use the rest of your body, right? So we did that a couple weeks yeah. ago. And it's pretty exhausting. It's exhausting as hell. That's, it's like you're wrestling another person, basically. Yeah. Especially when right? you're doing with one hand. Dude, I was so gassed 
Because it took me like what two minutes, two, two, and, a two and a half minutes. minutes. And yeah. I didn't complete it, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I didn't complete that first yeah. time. But it is, if you're looking for like, especially like cardiovascular, I feel like that's a huge one. That's a huge one, especially that's low impact. Low impact, yeah. right? And I tell people, look, you take a break, like you can rest, but pinning that ball up against the wall, it's rest, but it's not mm -hmm. rest, rest, yeah. right? Like you're still leaning into it, you're still pushing through the ground. You've given your body a little bit of time to bring that heart rate down a little bit, but it's going to stay at a pretty good level still, even when it's at the low level. Yeah. But it really is, for me, it's, it's uncomfortable. And clients who aren't used to being okay with uncomfortable, this is a great exercise. It's going to really get them okay with that. Mm -hmm. And it's like you said, it's low impact, right? It's, there's no jumping and things like that. So, But to get them to understand ground force and how that transfers all the way up the body, I, I think is one of the biggest benefits. But challenging those starting positions and giving different restraints. I think a new version for me is having the client pin the ball to the wall. And, and that would be a regression. It's just boom. Because it's a, if it's a 20-pound ball, I'll, start, I'll put it up on the wall for them, have them put their hands on it and go, hey, I'm going to let go. Don't let this ball drop yeah boom so for somebody that really needs to regress just doing that and getting that forward intention like alex canellis talks about right yeah. that forward intention or the lateral rotational attention right mm -hmm. so you can change their body position and still have them just pin that ball against the wall and from there you know if as they get more comfortable then just have them move the ball around mm -hmm. Have them change foot position. But I think a, a pr big progression that I'm going to do, uh, we'll try it out on Sunday, is getting a laser pointer out. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's good. That's because awesome. then you've got to react, right? Mm -hmm. So as we're moving the ball around, we're going to pin it up against the wall, and then whoever has the laser pointer is going to be moving the laser, and you got to move the ball to avoid the laser. I like that. It's task-specific. Right? Yeah. It's task-specific, yeah. right? But that's going to be that ad that adaptability where, okay, we're getting the body moving, but then we're, we're tracking, we're making decisions, mm -hmm. right? And that's where, like we talked about just a little while ago with that uh, book, How we, How We Learn to Move, mm -hmm. where we have specific isolated drills. There's no decision-making really in the process because everything's static. It just is there, right? So that's why when listening to that book, that's why I was like, oh, okay, let me put a laser pointer in with the wall ball crawl. Then that's going to get you even more learning process and yeah. decision-making from that. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll do that this Sunday. That'll be a good time. That's going to be awesome. And I think it's going to be fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. So we'll just have to put constraints on how fast the, the dot is moving. <laughs> yeah, 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 we don't want to be dickish, be like, ah. Yeah, you know, the dot moves like slow. But, yeah, that's, that's personally, that's one of my favorite drills. What's, what's next on your list? So for me, and I say this because I, re I, I remembered how much I enjoy doing it, but it was landmine. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Um, for those of you don't, that don't know, we took Landmine University Cert mm -hmm. last year. Super fun. Really awesome. But the thing that I like about it is that it's applicable to, for a good portion of people, I'd say. Mm -hmm. But there's ways to regress it down to the most basic aspects mm -hmm. and to make it really, really advanced. But also, I like doing explosive shit sometimes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not always going to get a barbell and do some cleans because that's just not, this is not where I what I go towards. And it's super duper technical. Yeah. So the thing that I like about landmine drills is that there's still that bit of technicality to it, 
but it's it's not something you have to practice all the time. And that's also you have to practice for years on end to to get decent at it or get good at it. So for me, I just I like it because it's explosive, it's fast, it's hella fun, but also cardio. Holy shit, oh. does it get my heart rate up like 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 insanely? Like yeah. I did it for I think like 20 or 30 minutes and just working up through basic progressions and I was gassed. Yeah. I think my heart rate got up to like 165. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, it's intense. It's, it's intense. Yeah. It's if intense. if you're interested in taking that, that's Landmine University. Just be prepared for how physically intense it's going to be. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, because we did it over three days. Yeah. And it was th- but three, four hours? Yeah. Three? But now Alex has brought that down to two. Mm-hmm. You're going to get the same amount in less time. So, yeah, yeah. So, it's now a two-day course versus a three-day. And it's 95% work. It's, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, very, yeah, yeah. Very, little, yeah. very little talking. Yeah. He's just telling you, he's just instructing you what to do, and then you're in it. He's like, yeah. all right, get on the wall. Let's, let's get to it. Yeah. That's one I've done with some of my clients, particularly, like, if they're, like, tired or if they're, like, hey, like, I'm feeling, like, a little, I'm not feeling super explosive, super mm-hmm. energetic. I'm like, Okay. So then we'll just work on a bladed position. Yeah. We'll just work, work on switching. And then we'll do the stepping bladed position. So that particular exercise style is just fun to do. If I, if I got 20 minutes, cool. Go in, do it in 20 minutes, and you're you're done. Yeah. And honestly, that's kind of all you need. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so versatile that I find mm-hmm. that even for some of my people that maybe don't move super well in certain regards, I'm like, okay, let's just let's just keep this cold position and let's just work on this. For the next yeah. few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, it, it is it pretty scalable to to even the aging population mm-hmm. just doing that screw that blade and just or just holding that static position. You know, with the because you have different bars that you can use. You can use a lighter training bar. So you should be able to find something that you can adapt to regress them to that position. Yeah. yeah absolutely. What would be well, I guess a a progression would be increasing the duration mm-hmm. that's one of them one of them so right there's to, multiple if i want to progress it like you could increase the load but i don't necessarily like looking at increasing loads for progressions on certain things but complexes yeah so putting I'll do, yeah, I'll do, I'll do yeah just yes. different movements and put them together either i'll do it for like one rep for certain movements or i'll do two or three which increases the duration yeah. it's rough i did this like a couple times or I worked from the most basic, basic exercise and worked all the way up into the snatch, which is very technical, kind of. But even just working through two repetitions of each, I was I had to take a break from one side, switch it to the other. Yeah, because Alex had a switch uh, decreasing rest work rest ratios. Yes. Right, and also increasing duration too. Mm-hmm. So you have options there. Yeah. Yeah, especially the work to rest ratio, you can change. You can screw around with that. Oh yeah. So I like to play around with that a lot. Every once in a while, I'll go like, all right, I'll go three reps on this. I'll take 15 seconds and do another three reps. But the weight is also typically lighter. Yeah. So it's not something yeah. I'm going to get sloppy with. If I yeah. get sloppy, the weight's dropped. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah I like those, those drills are fun. They're so they are. Fun. They are. Yeah. It, was, it was super intense. Great time. Alex is a great guy. Great coach. I We would highly recommend yeah. you taking the course. It's, it's, it was it's really a good. good yeah, and, he, and he's killing it. He's doing great. Mm-hmm. So I saw he's got uh, some master instructors outside the U.S. now. Oh, yeah, he's got Peter Sisic out of uh, Slovakia. He's okay. one of our master instructors yeah, for yeah, stick yeah. mobility. Peter's a great guy. Super smart. Great coach. But yeah, I saw Alex got, and he's running some great courses over there. Mm-hmm in uh europe for for alex so that's awesome yeah nice what do you got next on your list you know kind of like you man just 
Like I like something that's real explosive, mm -hmm. like moving weight around fast. So I like Olympic lifts, but I don't want to spend the time to refine my technique and all that stuff. Yeah. So I like the muscle snatch. So uh, basically taking something from the ground, mm -hmm. like for myself right now, it's typically a barbell, mm. fairly wide grip, um, and just throwing it up overhead as fast as I can. Relatively lightweight, mm. you know, nothing crazy, but you get speed, you get power, you know, you get that vertical jump type feeling. Mm -hmm. That or sandbag, I'll do the same thing with the sandbag too. Just rip it off the ground, throw it up as high as fast as I can. Mm. Not for everyone. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Many of my clients do this at all. I mean, you need a lot of things to work well. Mm. You need to be able to get into a deep position, a deep squat. You need to be able to deadlift well. You need to be able to press a barbell overhead. You know, your shoulders need to have good rotation. You need good wrist mobility. So there's a lot of factors that will limit you to doing this, but if you can do it, it's highly beneficial to be more explosive. Mm. Like they did all these uh, force plate studies with a clean and a regular snatch, high pulls, all that stuff. And they found like using a lighter load with just a full muscle snatch. Cause you're catching it in the high position. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You know, you don't have to catch it in a squat or anything like yeah. that. You just go ground overhead and then you produce more ground force that way than doing an actual clean. Interesting. I can mm. see that. I can see that. Would you really limit the range of motion as a regression? Like have a start, like have them start maybe on a elevated platform at the starting stopping position and then, or the resting position. And then maybe just up to maybe eye level, just really decrease the, cause I mean, technically this is still yeah, kind of going to that. You could do that. I would, with a barbell, probably not. But more like Sam. Like yeah. A like a ball or a ball. ball yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. You could do that. But for this one here, I would say the biggest benefit would like, would be with people that can actually get into the position yeah, gotcha. already. Because if you can't get into these positions, so doing an explosive hinge and all that other stuff yeah. in the first place, yeah, I don't know if it's it's even worth it. Yeah. Well, it's like you said, you know, there's a lot of clients you're like, no, oh, this yeah. is not for no. you. It's, and that's something to really think about. Yeah. Does your client have the prerequisites mm -hmm. to, to meet the demands for doing this? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And if not, then just try to find something else that's going to be able to to give them the same benefits, but without all the, without all that, yeah. the risks, so yeah. to speak. Right? So like for a client, I would rather have them do like a, a med ball throw overhead, mm. like yeah. just a, a toss. Mm -hmm. They get some of the same stuff. It's a lighter weight, but they could still be explosive through the ground mm -hmm. and their joints. You know, you don't have to be able to hold the weight all the way overhead. Cause by the time they, they release that their hands are probably like right around chest to shoulder height. Yeah. So something like that. I think for my next one, tag, just okay. tag, different yeah, variations yeah. of tag, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Tag. Mm -hmm. So especially as you're, you know, with the books that we're reading and listening to, I mean, it, it's kind of interesting. Like tag is really an underlying task or exercise that getting more popularized again. Which I think all kids know how to play tag, right? But then adults forget the benefits of what tag gave us because as kids we don't think about that right it's not like we care yeah you know if i'm eight years old i don't give a crap what benefits i'm getting out of tag i'm just playing tag right yeah but then we think about wow decision making tracking change of direction cutting stopping all these things explosiveness mm -hmm. relative to the person right mm -hmm. well yeah and then you got all the different variations of tag so i mean i think people think about tag is just running and standing but you can do 
tag on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. You can do it in crawling pattern. You can do tag and rolling pattern, right? Yeah. Talk about talk about placing constraints, right? Mm-hmm. You're gonna do rolling tag, like you gotta like you, you, <laughs> that's all you can do, right? You gotta yeah. roll to tag each other, or you have well the professional tag league. I love watching that. Yeah, talk about just explosiveness yeah. and movement fluidity. Man, I can I can watch those good. Guys, all day. I'd be slow to shit out there. <laughs> yeah, right. I think that's what it, and that's, but that's what it is, though. It is fun, though, right? Because you're tapping into that, like that inner kid, man. Yeah. That you don't really dig it. You don't get into that as an adult. That much. yeah. Not only that, but chasing something down is very primal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, and so we're getting back into that natural state of. Of tracking and chasing something down, mm-hmm. and so that's yeah. I I can sit and watch people play tag. It's it's just fun. Okay. And yeah, when people play tag, it, it, especially clients, there's usually a good amount of laughter going on. Oh, yeah. so I mean, it's just we make clients do things that they normally you know they find uh ex, you know exhausting. They're not looking forward to it. So if you give them something like okay, let's do t- uh, five ten minutes of tag. Mm-hmm. Mayo, and then before we, before we down regulate, it's a good time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Next exercise. So I was going to say squats, which probably isn't surprise to a lot of people. Yeah, but I'm actually <laughs> going to go with split squats. Okay, or split like squats, a, like okay. a range type of variation. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, as much as I love squatting, and I partly attribute that because I'm pretty decent at squatting. I think lunges or split squat are probably my favorite, either from the muscle building standpoint or from the strength standpoint. Hands down, probably one of the best, like lower body exercise in my opinion. It's something I do weekly. I do it pretty often, and it's it it works. That's a walking lunge. If it's a Bulgarian split squat, if it's a front foot elevated split squat, or whatever. But I it's something that is a part of my regular exercise routine. I love lunges, especially mm-hmm. like uh, just multi directional ones where yeah, you know, you've got to get in them and then. Get out of them fast, too. Yeah, yeah. What's a regression to a split squat? So it's the way I would regress it is like a supported. So like a a split squat, either that can be like a hat-filled version where they're just like holding onto a barbell and kind of lightly assisting themselves up. I'm not personally the biggest fan of using suspension trainers for it because people become a little bit too dependent on it. Yeah. And so use like using like a Hatfield kind of version tends to be, at least in my opinion, tends to be better because they still have to work on balancing, but they get that little bit of assistance of driving up, not holding into it. That's the way I would regress it. Or even, and I've seen this done before where someone like hooks a band around their, their torso and that band is anchored above and that allows them to oh, help yeah, a little yeah. bit, give them a little bit of assistance off. Not a lot, but a light. Very band. nice. Now, let's say you wanted to really crank it up and really progress that split squat. Oh, man. If I, like, wanted to hate my life, (laughs) I would do, like, a front foot hill elevated split uh, Bulgarian. And so I now would load that up with a pretty significant amount of weight, somewhere between a 5 to 10 rep range. For one, get a lot more range doing it with your front foot elevated. So I like that increase in range and challenge. But... For two, having that more of that heel elevated position allows me to get further my knee in a more forward position. So I get a lot more tension placement on a quad and the glute to a degree. So if I wanted to like really, really, really make it tough, I would do that. Or I would do like a Cossack squat, Mm. a loaded Cossack squat. I don't do them super often, but I do do them every couple of weeks 
just to kind of keep that lateral movement pretty fresh, basically. How much weight think you could do on a split squat? That, uh, that version that you're talking about. Though, man, the most I've done, I did body weight, actually. So I did, it was, I was heavier at the time. So it was 220 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I think I did it for 10 reps per side. <laughs> I could probably do more. Yeah. Because it's relatively difficult to get into that position yes. with a barbell on your back. Oh, I, I did it with dumbbells. Okay. okay. So I so when I do loaded like Bulgarians or anything, yeah, yeah. I tend to do them with dumbbells or okay. kettlebells. Yeah. If I'm doing walking lunges, oh, I'll load a barbell up and just go. Yeah. Sometimes I'll do, I think the most I did with the barbell was 225. Okay. So actually ended up being 40 strides in total. Yeah. But 10 per side, up and down a, the track. Wow. That's beastly. That is. That's beastly. <laughs> that's beastly. <laughs> Holy shit. Not, not, not for everybody. Not for everybody. Remember, these are our favorite yeah. exercises. Yes. Yeah. Not everybody else's favorite exercises. So just keep that in mind as you're listening to this. <laughs> this is shit we like to do to ourselves. Right? This is, which is kind of masochistic yeah, well, in some ways. Absolutely. <laughs> It's funny to see people's perspectives. Todd Duffy, who oh, lives yeah. around here, right? Mm-hmm. MMA guy. One day we were at the gym and I was doing Nordics. And he looked at me, he goes, what are you training for? I said, nothing specific. I'm just doing these. He goes, you like doing those? Yeah, and they're really beneficial. He's like, fuck that. He's like, <laughs> yeah. if I don't have to train, he's like, that's ridiculous. He's like, yeah. you just do that just because you like them? I was like, well, yeah. And he's like, but it was just kind of funny <laughs> to think like that kind of made me laugh because we, yeah, like yeah. we decided we choose voluntarily mm-hmm. to do this to ourselves, yeah. right? No one's forcing us to do this. This is just shit we <laughs> like to do to ourselves, which is kind of funny. Well, it's funny because my clients would be like, you know, you literally did it to yourself. Nobody made you do it. And I'm like, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> why do you do this to yourself? I'm like, I like it. I like it. Why not? Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. At some level, there's a little, little bit of masochism in yeah. all of us. At some level, when we do this to ourselves, <laughs> that's absolutely. Odd. All right. So, what do you got next on your list? Pull-ups, just yeah. weighted mm-hmm. pull-ups. You know, and it's funny you talked about how you know our favorites they change. Yeah. Because when I wasn't climbing, I I stopped doing pull-ups. Just like I don't need them. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I can all I'd, I'd always be able to do probably eight to ten, just having my own, just doing other strength training drills, right? Mm-hmm. But when I started climbing again, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you're kind of yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I had to start doing weighted pull-ups, mm-hmm. increase that capacity, increase my just absolute pull-up strength because mm. it carries over so for me like when i don't see carryover into the activities i do i get bored with the exercise i get bored with the drill yeah i yeah. don't see reasoning behind it yeah yeah so yeah pull-ups i mean that's basically it's it's literally yeah i get i get benefit because i get more muscular in my upper body i, yeah. I build more upper body strength a little bit of grip strength not really much grip strength for climbing because you know you start climbing you understand that's a different level of grip strength yeah that basic hanging on a bar is not going to get you. Mm-hmm. And it's a great drill for everybody. Mm-hmm. So how would you personally per, uh, regress that? Regress that? Mm-hmm. Gosh, I mean, you could do a, uh, start someone off on a lap pull-down machine. Okay. That's what makes sense. Cable machine, something like that. I think that's, I think that's probably the, I used to think it, the best way was to get them on the bar, mm-hmm. but I think it's actually a lap pull-down machine. 
because I can, you can get in there and you can control their rib cage position, their pelvis position, you know, and you can get them to feel exactly what they need to feel. And then you can start to progress them up to the, to the bar. And it decreases the intimidation of hanging from, from hanging from something. Yeah. Uh, that's a big thing is because people are, you want me to hang? Yeah. Yeah. That's a limiting factor for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, a seated position, yeah. you take, you remove that away automatically. Yeah. And so then you can get them much more in tune to what tissues or what areas of the body they should be really utilizing when they actually go into those pull-ups. What I found was amazing is after doing a ton of weighted pull-ups for when I was in the gym and I had access to a lap pull-down machine, uh-huh. you go to the lap pull-down machine and you can just crank that whole rack, no big deal. Yeah, the whole, yeah. Yeah, the whole yeah. stack, yeah. yeah. After doing weighted pull-ups for a while. Hmm. So uh, as far as a progression, would you just go to a single arm weighted pull-up? It would be, well, shit. Or first, <laughs> thing, <laughs> first thing, I have to do a single arm. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I can't do it right now, that's for sure. Yeah, more weight, and then eventually go to a single arm. And then if you can do single arm, then yeah, go ahead and add load, add reps, and then add load. Add mm-hmm. load. Yeah. I feel like if you're doing a single bit. arm, you're basically one. You've basically won. Yeah. You've won. <laughs> like if you've done a single arm pull up, you've kind of won. Yeah. 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 Well, I think what's it? Well, even just single arm hanging. Yeah. Yeah. Most people off the street, a single arm hang for, let's just say, even ten seconds, is probably. I think you'd find a very small percentage of people could actually do that mm-hmm. who, who was it is dr peter atia did he say something about yeah like a two minute hang yeah male is oh is what he's what he's looking for which is yeah. extremely challenging for the vast majority of men yeah. yeah a lot of which is because most men are carrying more weight than they should mm-hmm. uh, that's the number one factor but number two is they just don't have the grip strength yes or the stamina, yeah. I should say, to, to last that long on the bar. Those hands start to give out big time. I, so I remember when I went to Foodie Land. Okay. I went back in July. They actually had a, a hanging challenge. Oh, they did? did they really? <laughs> they, but they had it. The, the bar was like on a rolling pin. Oh. So it was like it was super, yeah. tough, super tough. So you had to keep and your so, wrist locked in. Too. Yeah. Even, yeah. If, even if you got your wrist locked in. It was yeah, hard. Still gonna yeah, it's still going to roll. It's still going to roll. So I actually tried it. Yeah. Oh, did And you? I literally got to like a minute and 54 seconds. That's good. I was pissed the fuck off because I almost won a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you but did a minute and 54, 54 seconds on that? And like my, like my hands just... Oh, I could I could not hold. So on. what was it? Two minutes? Two minutes. I was oh, fucking six seconds short. You were six seconds I was short. so mad. So the interesting thing was after I did that challenge, I went I went back to the gym to pick up equipment because I was going on vacation, and so I, I grabbed my like my shoes, my yeah, 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 yeah. lifting shoes and shit. So I was like, you know what? Let me see if I can hang on a regular ass bar. <laughs> I did two minutes. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, so so it's not. It's not impossible, but I was like, okay, well, being on a rolling, like on a rolling pin, yeah, yeah the demands are different, different. yeah, because yeah. well, you're resisting that roll, yeah, the rotation yeah. with yeah. on a regular bar, you don't have to deal with that, yeah, you're Absolutely. just resisting gravity. Oh, interesting. So it was interesting. Six seconds away. I was like, man, so mad, so mad. <laughs> Did you sense it happening though? Did you sense that it was going to happen? Oh, yeah. You were just trying to push right through it. i was trying to i tried i tried as hard as i could i was like this is like a real test of will but when i like when my hands opened that's literally all i had i had nothing i, I couldn't give anything else because is it because like when i watched american ninja warrior i kind of you can kind of sense when somebody's not gonna make it mm-hmm. yeah you can be like oh no they're 
they're fatiguing. Yeah. Like you just see it in their hand position. And when they transition from one hold to another, yeah, you can see the, uh, oh, okay, they're really struggling, right? And then there's others where you just see, you can see the confidence in their face. Yeah. Like it, it's just there. You're like, done, dude, yeah. that person's just, yeah, they've yeah. got it. You know, and then they just, they just got that look. Like they're like, I got this. Mm-hmm. It's no big deal. And others you can see not just in their hands, but you can see it in their face too. Yeah. Yeah. They're struggling. They're like, oh shit, I got, I'm really trying to push through this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, way to pull up. So that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, that's awesome. So, well, next time you see that, you, I'm you're trying gonna, to get, you're gonna try it again, huh? Get that too damn <laughs> I'm gonna get it. <laughs> I was so determined, well, man. I guarantee you nobody's doing that. They, they probably haven't given away that hundred dollars. Oh no, I think most people failed. I think for yeah. women, it was a minute and a half, and Damn. one woman got pretty close. I think she got to a minute and fifteen before her hands gave out. Oh, Should have. Wow. But like those are kind of like it's interesting because I feel like those are feats of strength that people I don't really see that often, particularly with hanging. Because like yeah, you were yeah. saying, right? Like. If you have somebody come in and be like, all right, hang on one hand for 10 seconds, that's super, super tough. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, when I'm traveling, like, if I have to take, you know, you get those little airport trams, mm-hmm. they take you from one terminal to the other. I'm like, I'll just hang on, like, the bar <laughs> between. I've been yeah. sitting on a fucking plane. Yeah. Like, I want to yeah. do something. And then people just, like, kind of give me that odd look, like, what a weirdo. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, dude, I've just been sitting on a plane. Like, I'm just going to freaking just hang yeah i'll give seats to everybody else but i like for me it's like just take that little bit of advantage that's there might as well use them yeah right so yeah i like to i like to do little stuff like that i think well i had hanging as one of mine right just generally hanging okay so we talked about the two minute requirement dan john talks about just doing it for a minute even right but i think going back to carrie's backwards walking or backwards is something that's that's lacking in a lot of people's uh, training pro protocol. So I love, you know, we see Ben Patrick, knees over toe guy, mm-hmm. talk about the backwards sled drags. Those are fantastic. Uh, either backwards sled drags, walking uphill backwards, mm-hmm. right? So especially when you're out hiking, if you're going up an incline and you f- start to find that your heart rate is elevating really high and you're really gasping for breath, turn around and walk backwards. Mm. Your heart rate decreases big time. But now and you give those anterior tissues, you're building up that strength through the through the front of the leg line. Mm-hmm. So I, I think backwards sled drags, backwards carries mm-hmm. of any kind, or backwards uphill walking, I think are really beneficial. I love doing all variations of that. I think you build this sense of trust in your your balance and like your yes. Yeah. Because that's what people are lacking, right? Proprioception, yeah. right? That's why they're hesitant to do that. They're always looking over their shoulder, they're like, oh my goodness. And, and you can see the hesitation. So if you, you know, build that up, so that way they have that confidence, because you never know when you may have to be reactive and, and take a couple quick steps back. Yeah. And we see that some people, you'll watch an NFL game, right? And a referee who should have these skills will try to take a quick few steps back and then they'll fall backwards mm-hmm. you're like oh dude that you should that should be a prereq like you shouldn't have any any issues with that right so yeah there's circumstances where you you should have confidence to be able to do a backwards movement uh with full confidence yeah yeah, yeah. so how would you like regress that particular drill i i would actually do a static push into a wall 
Okay. Like a yeah. wall, like a wall sit, but actually pushing. But, but just the hips, mm-hmm. not the back. Okay. I just have them drive the hips back and just give the give that person to isometrically just push into the floor so they feel what that's like. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. So you know, and then on that back foot, I want them to actively push the toes into the floor and then work as that front foot is driving into the floor. I like them to just work on dropping that back heel up and down. Mm. And so, you know, it, it helps really strengthen the arch of the foot, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, statically, I'll just have them push into a wall uh, and have them hold that position, then alternate legs. So typically I'll start them at like six to ten second holds mm. and then give them a little bit longer duration. And then, yeah, you should see that transfer over really easily to a, a backwards sled drag. If you're going, if you want to progress that, do a backward sled drag and combine that with a carry. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Would so, that be your hardest progression? Yeah, I think that's a great progression. Or partner, back to back. Yeah, yeah. Boom, yeah. back to back. Here you go. Here's one line here, one line here. You guys start in the middle. Boom. You know, you have mass. Of course, you got to take that into yeah. consideration, yeah. right? So yeah. you want to try to match people up that have, you know, same body mass or thereabouts, but even then, you're still even the person that's eventually going to lose is still getting a lot out of it. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's a great backwards pushing yeah. tug of war, so to speak. Can't do that with us, man. Put you on roller skates. Oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> Just put me on the little things, yeah. man. Well, <laughs> I think that's I think that's a great progression. Just to transition that, you know, sleds and 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 weights don't fight back. Mm-hmm. So I love myself getting people to to partner up and use each other as as resistance and feedback. Yeah. So would you ever go to the field and do like basically back pedals and sprints? Back yeah. Sprints oh to, yeah. To really level it up. You know, let's take a sport for example, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say football. I mean, defensive backs are backpedaling, but how many other position players are doing the same thing? I would still have the, because players are all. Uh, on the field, you never know when you might need that back pedal, right? Every every lineman on a on a passing down has to start with that back pedal, right? Mm-hmm. And they've got to be good at back pedaling quickly, and then moving laterally at that same time as back pedal. So you know, a lot of people talk about okay, well, their footwork, mm-hmm. okay, which is true, but then in practice or training in the gym, give them besides besides another person you can use other tools to mimic that but then yeah have them in practice going up against somebody else but that back pedal has got to be confident well i remember seeing barry sanders basically do like a jump cut back pedal yeah right hit the brakes jump backwards and then change direction and go boom but as soon as he hit backwards that first step you could see the amount of power driving out of it i mean that was one of his big things is his top end speed was never like elite. No, no one will, you know, he'll sit tell you that. But his ability to get from zero to his top speed, oh, wow. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that yeah. made him so great. He didn't have to build it up. Mm-hmm. Like he put he his foot, he bad. put his foot in the ground and it was there. Yeah. Boom. Like there he goes. But yeah, we've seen him on long distance runs get run down from behind mm-hmm. you know and there are a lot of other running backs and that lack that top end speed but that initial burst and quickness yeah. boom man if you have that 
makes you dangerous. Yeah. Makes you really dangerous. But yeah, you need to have that availability. I even just in practice, I would think I would have all position players backpedaling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just something that like I said, only only cornerbacks are really doing. Cornerbacks mm-hmm. and defensive backs. Linebackers. Linebackers to a small extent. Linebackers just typically one or two steps. Steps, that's it. That's it. That's it. Like a meaningful backpedal. Yeah. I mean some of them when they drop back into coverage, they'll take a few a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's yeah, yeah. Like I would be having them do that. You know, okay, you got twenty yard backpedal dash. Go, boom. Mm-hmm. Let's see how fast you get out. You get into it. You know, and then and then start. You know, throwing in change of direction. But let's get that initial. Let's see how fast your speed is. Your you know going backwards. I think one of the most embarrassing parts of my life in football <laughs> was actually I kid you not. One, our running back coach beat the entire team backpedaling. What? We were sprinting. Whoa. I Shut the front I'm, door. I'm dead at I wish I really do wish I was lying. <laughs> but he, like he was college or pro? he played college. Okay. He played college. I think his I think his forty time was like a four four, three, okay. four, four. So he's probably running but, like sub five. But when he was <laughs> doing back pedals, I was like, what the f-? and everybody was going all out. Dang. But nobody beat him, and I'm just like, okay, all right, I'll just go sit on a bench right wow. now. But like, that's like what you were saying. Like, it's it's an important skill to have, mm-hmm. and he he had that skill. So to see that in practice was that's bizarre. Yeah, Deion Sanders says I forget what it is, but I think he said he could rub, run sub five backwards. backwards. That's fast. That's fast. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's fast. Yeah, yeah. But even still, like that's faster than like. A lot of people. Yeah. Oh, oh you know, yeah, of course. Of course. I don't even think I can get a full. Probably get like maybe a sub eight. Because <laughs> <laughs> you think about how many people, you know, you talk about knee issues, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you think about movements that are lacking in their training and, and really moving backwards is one of them. Yes. You know, it's, it, I think it's maybe it's because it's so simplistic. Mm-hmm. That we just don't even think about it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's backwards walking is a thing. Someone like Ben Patrick bringing more prevalence to it, freaking kudos. That's awesome. We we want information like that out there so people start to understand the value and importance of having this in their training programs. Absolutely. So no matter who's getting that message out, it's getting out there. And so you're starting to see more people do those drills. And they're starting to see the field of benefits, I should say, yeah. of adding those into their training protocols. So yeah, so no, that's uh, that was great. Those are our our personal favorite drills. And as time goes on, we'll mix. We'll start to add in different it's ones, yeah, right? Because like you said, it changes, right? Yeah. It changes. You know, our daily demands will require that they change. We 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 may ultimately prefer to gravitate to something new. You know, and we go, okay, I really like this better now. Yeah. That type of thing. So it's always adaptable. Yeah. And I, th- I think every, like, maybe five, you know, four to five years, there should be at least one or two of those exercises maybe replaced with something oh, else. Yeah. Who, who knows? I mean, for years, man, I used to, like, I still like kettlebell training, but it was a big part of my training. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. When we first met. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huge, right? But now I don't really, I don't do like traditional kettlebell cl- training anymore. I, I use it sometime every now and then I'll swing it yeah. or I'll just use it for blow for split squats mm-hmm. or carry different things. But yeah, it's not, it's something that used to be my favorite, but it isn't anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I still love the swings. 
But it's like you said, I, I use them more for just, okay, carries, loads. But yeah, the actual teaching people how to do the cleans and the snatches, you know, it's like, eh. You know, how many, uh, how many of my clients really need to use those, right? Because, you know, like, like we've talked about before, there's intimidation factor with certain tools, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, how do I, I, this person is just not, there's not the buy-in to using this kettlebell. Mm-hmm. So why am I going to try to force this person? I can, I can sneak it in mm-hmm. and maybe over a period of time. Kind of trick them and you know and get them to kind of maybe fall in love with it a little bit or like it a little bit more. But yeah, just to try to jam it down somebody's throat and go, no, you're going to use these. Yeah, yeah, you got to have that buy-in right there. Yeah. All right. So last question: It's opening night of the NFL season. Super Bowl picks. We got to we got to go back to Super Bowl pick. Now Peter King, mind you, this is this I thought was interesting. Peter King from Sports Illustrated has picked. In the preseason, the last four Super Bowl winners correctly. Seriously, I was like, "Holy shit, that's that's ridiculous." I was like, "That's absolutely ridiculous." Actually, that's- even like breaking down all the teams, yeah, and like he does, that's still to do four in a row. That's actually in the preseason. Impressive. That's pretty impressive. Not like halfway through the season, like yeah. in the preseason. Yeah. I think that's pretty pr- impressive. Hmm. Who you got? Super Bowl this year. That's hard to say. I think. That I probably go with in my heart of hearts. I want to say the Raiders. It's not going to happen. But I would say I think I think the Bucks are going to get to the Super Bowl. Probably, I think there's a pretty good chance. Tom Brady's coming out of retirement. That whole thing. So yeah, it's a. Yeah. I think it's there's a chance there. I think the Rams are looking pretty pretty solid, depending on how their team comes together. So I would say probably those two are going to be in the Super Bowl. Okay. Oh, the Niners. Selfishly, and they're good. They are, <laughs> yeah. You know, they made it to the NFC Championship last year. Probably going to play against Bills. Yeah, I got the Bills winning it. Yeah. yeah. They end it. They finally break the curse or whatever it is. So, yeah, I'm taking the Bills. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who's going to come out of the NFC. I don't have any picks there, but yeah, I'm going to take the Bills to win it all. So, but uh, until the next episode, thanks for joining us and be good to each other. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and whatever platform you're on, either Apple, iTunes, or Spotify, please, if you could leave a review, we'd appreciate that. If you have any questions that we can answer for you, be sure to leave those in the comments also. If you're looking for more information on our education, our products, please go to www.stickmobility.com. And also hit that subscribe button to that YouTube channel. And don't forget our live Instagram classes three times a week. If you want to join in, grab your sticks and hit that 45-minute class. Yes.